You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. I know someone that went to that Fred Durst Halloween party thing in Philly that we might have gone to, and it looked like a fucking blast. He was, like, jiggling his dick and balls on stage <laughs> and shit. Dude, did, did he mingle with fans and take pictures? I don't know. I only know one person that was there, but they were front row, and it looked cool as fuck. It had his face on a screen in the background. He came out, introed everything. It was just kind of like a dance party slash Halloween thing at a club. I'm telling you, I had vibes the whole time that I was like, dude, it's going to be the Sylvester Stallone coming out on stage for his brother thing where it's like he comes out on stage but he's not meeting anybody i mean that's what you're it the pro, you're the pro man had i had had you not had another thing that you could have possibly done that night we might have been able to get him but you know who knows yeah. who knows but we're gonna start i'm gonna do five seconds of silence What's up, creeps? And welcome to a brand new Brain Stew Fresh Frights review. We're a little late on this one, maybe a couple of weeks, but not really because the movie we're going to be talking about has been absolutely crushing it at the box office, and it's an independent movie. You know what movie we're going to be talking about. It's on the tip of everyone's tongue right now. Halloween ends. Hear me? Halloween ends. Uh, 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 <laughs> Halloween ends. Um, we kind of already talked about that one i mean i wouldn't be against talking about that one again but right now i'm talking about the best halloween centric movie that hit during this halloween season jeremy tell our audience man just say it you know what it is terrifier two 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 oh yeah two, baby two 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 i'm justin i am jeremy and we are joined once again by our friend Jeremy, he's, he's your boy. This is this is your guy. This is like your your right hand man here. I mean, he's kind of becoming a regular here, is he not? Am I? Do I have to start getting paid for him being on here? <laughs> yes, yes. There okay. is there is a guest appearance <laughs> uh, fee that uh. Just hit up Sean Clark. He knows the price. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah. His, so... his, his his price is his price is not sharing the episode, even though he sees that he's connected to it. That's he'll, he'll be taking his ten percent. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're joined by my good friend, Kellen, from Kellen's Petty Talk Show. What's going on, buddy? What's up, everybody? I'm stoked to be back. Welcome back, my friend. Yeah, welcome back. And, dude, actually, I had someone, and I'm not bullshitting you in any way, uh, someone actually reached out to me, a good friend of the show, and they we were just bullshitting about movies and them listening to the episodes, and they actually said, I, I really enjoyed that Kellen dude on your show. So you oh, should really? bring him back on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, which so, one was this? The last one we did? It was the last one we did, the Rob Zombie Rob movies Zombie? episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, hell yeah, Thank man. You. But, but we're all here, and we're talking about Terrifier Two, a movie that, I mean, this literally is the champion of horror right now. Reportedly made for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right now at the box office, 
as of this recording, about five point five million dollars. Ten at times the box office. Ten times the it's budget. Insane. I mean, crazy. I can't remember the last time anything like this happened in horror. Jeremy, you do you know at all anything Shit, remotely man. close to this in, Bla- in our adult Blair, years? Blair Witch Project, man, is the closest thing. And I was I was well, pa- in high school paranormal. at that time. Yeah, Paranormal Activity. Yeah, that as well. Actually, yeah, good call, Kellen. Paranormal Activity yeah. for sure. Um, and honestly, I, I feel like from the response and how excited people are about this movie, it, it reminds me of Paranormal Activities release because people were so energized on that one. And same thing with Blair Witch. It was something new. It was something fresh at the time. And it got people excited, man. Just like that first Saw movie. That first Saw movie, even though it was like, you know, you know, a more substantial budget than the other movies we just mentioned. You know, it was something new and unexpected. And, and it took the box office by surprise. And it, it started a franchise. And it got horror reinvigorated. Because uh, horror reinvigorates itself you know, and resets itself every five to 10 years with something new. And I feel like we are in, in the age of terrifier now, you know? Um, and I'm here for it, man. This, this is, this is huge for horror. This is huge for independent cinema and it's, it's huge for us genre fans. I can't even remember the last time I had such a fucking great time at a horror movie, like with an audience. This is, this is one of the coolest experiences I've probably had in years. Since something like Saw or something like yeah. like of that caliber, where where everything you see on the screen, everybody's just like, "What the fuck," you know? <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, this thing's all over. Just it's gone viral. I mean, this thing has hit like Good Morning America and Entertainment Tonight and like all of the majors. I mean, the New York Howard Times Stern has reported this. Howard Stern, dude, Stephen Jerry O'Connell King even tweeted about this shit Jerry, and, yeah, saw it and, 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 and gave positive notes on it as well i mean this thing went from I, I, i'll never forget i mean a few years ago what is it fucking five years ago or something like that maybe even my yeah. memory is shit because that's what happens when you're an alcoholic but i was sitting at home and i was just looking for movies to watch and my boy loy sauce was sitting there with me we were drinking and we're like oh this terrifier thing like we gotta watch this shit you know we watched it and we fucking knocked our socks off midnight movie it was like eleven thirty when we started it never did i think that i mean i i knew something was special with it that art the clown character you know it, it was really hearkening back to those really mean-spirited dark slashers of the 80s but doing something even further with it but never did i think now you know five years later or whatever that i'd be si- sitting in an amc theater which i was last night for my second viewing with like at least fifteen to almost twenty fucking people in a, in a mainstream theater watching the sequel, and and also hearing these reports of people throwing up and passing <sighs> out. And, I mean, shitting dude, this their is pants. This, shitting their pants. This isn't even bullshit though. People are actually showing footage. I mean, I'm not sure if it's you know fixed footage or whatever to build hype. <laughs> I, I wasn't there, but I mean, it looks legit to me. And after watching the movie, which we're going to get into, I can believe people could get sick from watching this movie. Tell me, I'm fucking wrong. You know, man, this movie made me fucking sick and I, I'm not easy <laughs> to get squeezy or oh, man, dude. So <laughs> before we go off on, on our tangents about Terrifier 2, I will say that there is another indie gem that needs to be discovered. And I think at some point it will be discovered. There's a movie that came out, man, I want to say eight, nine, ten years ago, maybe more. I don't fucking know. Also, I'm bad with the concept of time, but uh. There's a movie that reminds me a lot of Terrifier with the brutality and how well it was written and filmed and executed. 
and it's called The Orphan Killer. And I don't know if either of you guys have seen it. I remember the name. Dude, hold up. holy shit. So the uh, the writer, director, creator, Matt Farnsworth, uh, I'm Facebook friends with him, but dude, for everybody that's listening to this podcast that has seen Terrifier and has seen Terrifier 2, if you're looking for another great, fucking, absolutely brutal, practical effects, horror, near-perfection film, The Orphan Killer is one that you have to check out. Justin, I have it on DVD. Uh, if you want to borrow it, I got you. It's autographed by Matt and the lead star. It's it's fucking fantastic. And I didn't even think about the the parallels of these two movies until just this moment. So I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and share this little nugget of uh, a recommendation for our for our our audience. As you should, considering this is a horror podcast, we are brains to the horror podcast, in case you missed it. Yeah, Yeah. motherfuckers, bitches. You know what? If you're listening to this episode, and we're talking about Terrifier 2, we're not going to hold fucking back. Just like that movie doesn't hold back. When you walk and you sit down in the theater in your seat, that movie immediately goes, go fuck yourself. It says, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. The movie's unrated, dude, mind you as well, which is getting a, a, a larger and larger release, Kelly before we got on the show you had mentioned to me and reminded me that this Halloween in this weekend leading up to Halloween there it's a third weekend in theaters yeah yeah they're and it's gonna also again. land in Screenbox the app on Halloween day for all yep. of you needing some blood in your life I mean it's the perfect movie to have on the background while kids are trick-or-treating let them see what art the clown does to people that don't give him candy when he asks immediately for it yeah. Um, but we, we're going to get into this thing right now. And for those of you that have seen the original, you know where this movie goes. But the official synopsis for this actually kind of clears a lot of the confusion um, in regards to a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie. I feel like more people could it could help them when they go to see a movie to read it. But after being resurrected by a sinister entity, Art the Clown returns to Miles County where he targets a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween night. Think, think think if people actually went into this knowing about the, in, in parentheses, sinister entity that resurrects him, because some people were like, wait, why is he alive? Why is he walking around after he, like, shot himself in the head at the end of the first one? Um, why can he get stabbed to the eyeball and still live? Why can he get, like, you know, impaled over and over again and still live? I mean, th- there's an obvious reason here, but... You know, I mean, not everyone went into this being able to watch the first movie. A lot of times people will just hear about it in the headlines and go see it. So uh, we're here with this thing. So I'm going to start with our guest, Kellen. Clearly, you have seen the first one. You've had Art the Clown on your fucking show. Yeah, man. I saw I saw the first one on the the first Dread Central run back in you said 2017. It was right. Um, That's correct. So I was right about five years. I knew it. I'm not that big of a drunk. I thought, yeah, (laughs) I I actually saw it back home in New York um, at the screening room in Buffalo um, and brought my friend Kyle. We went to go see it. We went we went in pretty blind. I think we had seen All Hallows Eve at that point, though. um, And we knew about, you know, the clown coming back. Obviously, this time it's portrayed by a new actor, David Howard Thornton. Which does an uh, actual performance this time. Not to shit yeah. on anybody, but really does a real performance this time. Real performance, for sure. Um, and yeah, I just remember that movie blowing us the fuck away. And we, we didn't really expect it to be as good as it was. Um, and that that one was made for, what, $50,000? Way less than this one. Extremely cheap, from what I can recall. Yeah, and I just remember the only, the only connection I knew to that movie was that girl, uh, Catherine Corcoran, 
because we worked with her on Return to Newcomb High, the, the trauma movie back in 2012. Which I fucking and, love. Gotta which jump in I and say fucking that. love too. I just played one of the students, but we worked on that for like several weeks and she was super cool. So instantly remembered her and I was like, fuck yeah, she's in Terrifier. Let's go check it out. She gets fucking sawed vagina down in half. <laughs> I dare say one of the most iconic kills in horror history. And that was the it one is. that got people talking about the movie, whether good yeah. or bad. I had people that were questioning whether they should see this or not, even if they hadn't seen the first one, yeah. just because of that kill. Because they're like, I don't like torture porn, bro. I'm like, dude, it's not torture porn at all. It's just like yeah. one of the most gruesome fucking kills in a slasher movie you've ever seen. But yeah, I had I had David on the the podcast. He was one of the first guests. I think he was like number episode nine, possibly, of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Isn't and he a nice fucking guy, dude? He's a great fucking dude. And he did it. This was like right after COVID hit. This was probably like two months into COVID. He did it. And uh, yeah, we just had a great conversation. I've seen him a few times since. And, you know, I'm more than stoked to see this work out for him because he really is a phenomenal actor. And I would love to see him in other roles outside of this. But people well, are he's actually play, he's playing the Grinch. He's playing a fucking killer Grinch, isn't he? Is, is he really? Yes. Yeah, he's, the movie's coming out this December. He's playing the kill, a killer oh Grinch, God. the mean one, in a new slasher movie where the Grinch is killing <laughs> innocent children. Get the fuck out. I can't wait. Have my dreams really come true right now, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, this sounds like, dude, it's my wet dream, right? But, dude, um, like, so many so many people have been saying, and I think Jerry uh, O'Connell from Stand By Me even said it on the, the TV show that he was on. Excuse me. You mean Jerry O'Connell from Scream Motherfucking 2. That's what you yeah, meant yeah, to say, true, right? True, true, true. <laughs> true. I think but, I love you, but what yeah. am I so afraid <laughs> of? Afraid of. I'm afraid that I'm not sure <laughs> of. <laughs> love there is no cure for. An amazing scene. I can't Ooh. believe they wouldn't love that scene. But anyways, um, I, I think he was one of the many people that said that it's like an Oscar-worthy performance. And honestly, in the, in the world of horror, it really is. Because, you know, Art the Clown's a crazy motherfucker. He is literally the most mean-spirited killer there is. And he really, <laughs> if you thought the first one was bad in terms of grotesque gore, this is like through the fucking roof. And <laughs> it's really, really bad. <laughs> this is, it looks real, man. And whoever did the effects, I don't even know. He, fucking the director. <laughs> the director. Damien Leon did them. He did them all, dude. I, I mean, yeah, I thought I thought he did mostly the makeup. Uh, I thought it said special effects yeah, I th- and I thought... makeup. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll we'll, we'll have to we'll, we'll we'll flesh that out <laughs> as we get through the rest of the episode. Um, I thought there were like multiple people. I'm sure, I I'm sure did... on this one there probably he had was, a team but... for sure. Yeah, had, but I, I was under I the thought, impression yeah. that he oversaw all of that. Yeah. Well, I know he does all the makeup for art and some of the the effects, but I thought there was a team on this one, so I don't know. Anyways. That's where research comes in, and we're clearly not prepared, ladies and gentlemen. But this movie's so fucking cool. We're just going to talk about it and and Dude, blow the fucking. I, I never even off. take the to time to, to fucking but, like learn most of these people's lines half or uh, their their character names half. And I'm like, yeah. That one dude with the hat. So I'm definitely not going to look they, up. I mean, people that listen to the show know that you're that one that does that. That's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, um, you just have to pull up notes, Jeremy. It's it's really quick and easy. I can I can show you. Um, but no, we have. I, <laughs> I got to throw it to you though next because this is a movie you came to later on, man. The original Terrifier. You didn't see it when it first was like a big thing. I'll never forget. Our boy Dave Ferguson texting me saying that he was going to watch the movie with you, and it was like a while after I had seen it. So I remember you saying your opinion on it. So how did you yeah. come from your opinion on the first one compared to the second one here? Yeah, so it's it's a wild 
ride for me in, in Terrifier. So I watched the original, and oh, dude, the, make no mistake, there's things in the, the first film that I really dug and I thought were great. But at the end of the day, not to keep bringing these movies up, I kind mm-hmm. of likened it to like a Halloween Kills type movie to where it was just kills, Slash. kills, kills, and very, very little story or, or substance there. And so while it was fun to watch and while it was a bloodbath with this slasher movie, which is fantastic, um, I just, the movie ended and I was like, yeah, that was super entertaining. That was, you know, that was a good slasher, but it wasn't something that was my favorite film. You know what I mean? I wasn't going around yeah. telling people like, oh shit, you got to watch this, this Terrifier movie. Now, if people ask yeah. me about it, I tell them like, dude, the special effects are fucking incredible. It's all practical effects. You know, the killer is cool, but, you know, it wasn't really my thing. And going to all the conventions and autograph shows that I go to, seeing the popularity of this character from the first film just continue to grow and grow. And, you you know, you go to these horror conventions and it's like Freddy shirts, Michael shirts, Jason shirts. And then more and more was like Freddy, 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 Jason, Michael, 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 Art. And then it was like it just kept increasing more art the clown shirts art the clown shirts then people going nuts nuts for uh david howard thornton's art the clown like it just kept growing in popularity and i was the guy that i was like huh i don't get it i don't get it i don't know well i don't get it i think i think with the first one a lot of people didn't like it because it's more a lot more of a slow burn than the newer one and I think that one had more pacing issues than this one did. That's why I was kind of confused. Like a lot of people were shitting on this one when it first initially came out. Cause they were like, Oh, it's two and a half hours long. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. And it, it is, but like, honestly, the more I've seen it four times already. Honestly, I fucking Dude, love it. Dude, it flies fucking by for me at least. Yeah. It flies seen by. It, twice. it flies by every single moment for me. There's something at least on the screen that yeah. I'm interested in seeing. I mean, yes, <laughs> the deaths, go long and i'm like finally someone that has the yeah, balls yeah. to do that so, they're not they're not pulling any punches so when the second one came out um I, it was because of my kind of fair weather fandom of it uh i had no real interest in running off to a theater and seeing it and then justin you saw it and and i i was talking with you on the phone and i was like well dude what did you think and you were like dude i really don't want to overhype this for I really don't. <laughs> I was trying my best, dude. I tried my best. I, I won't. I won't reveal what you said to me because obviously you're going to say that at the end of this episode. But what you said made me go, "Fuck, am I really on a weeknight going to go see Terrifier two that starts at like eight o'clock, and I'm not going to get home till like after eleven? Because I'm an old man and ah, I change my diaper before bed. Ah. My fingers are so damn pruny. I haven't even been a soaking in the water. So, uh, fucking, uh, so I went and saw this movie and, and, you know, just to let you know, it did hurt the next morning waking up to go to work early as fuck. But I went and saw this movie and literally could not believe the film that I got. I can't believe, dude, I remember being in theaters at midnight for Hatchet 2, the night that it released, and the MPAA fucking told AMC theaters uh, and Regal theaters, wherever the fuck, if you don't pull this theater, uh, this movie out of theaters right now, we're gonna fine you each two hundred thousand dollars per theater, and or whatever the number was. And <laughs> dude, Hatchet Two got like three screenings, and then they got pulled because it was unrated. And the MPAA says you're not allowed to show unrated films. 
what the fuck changed? Because Terrifier 2 is the most insane fucking movie I have ever seen on the big screen. It made Evil Dead 2013, which to that point was the most bloody gruesome film I'd ever seen as a mainstream film in a theater. Yes. It it made Evil Dead 2013 look like a fucking Walt Disney movie. Uh, it, I could not believe what I got. There was one death scene in particular that just would not fucking end. It almost became like the scene from Family Guy where Peter's fighting the, uh, the chicken and it goes on for so long that it goes from like, oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You gotta be fucking or where like me. they all start puking. Yeah, to where, <laughs> oh my, yeah, exactly, exactly. To where it's like, dude, it's gone on for so long that it's like, it's hilarious now. And this one kill just would not end and went places that I have never seen any movie ever and this includes italian fucking horror cinema it went further than a tour uh, italian horror cinema which that is fucking saying something because those movies are brutal and disgusting a lot of them this went further than any of those movies and what i'll say kellen what are you eating huh what are you, are eating? you eating what am i i was eating a uh, fall flavored tootsie roll Want one? Oh, these look delicious no i, I got those. those my wife looked all over for those fucking things they're disgusting bro the really? cinnamon one's all right, but what the fuck, dude? I like them. There's, a candy, there's a candy corn one, and there's a... There's the candy a corn one's all right. Sorry, Jeremy. I didn't mean to cut you up, but I just, I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw Kellen eating something, and I was like, that looks familiar. It's that <laughs> thing my wife was after for fucking weeks and weeks and weeks. And I'm sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, because we know that every year that we do these Halloween things, you like to hear us talk about the, you know, the Halloween junk The sweet treats. I, I haven't done that too. much about that, but you know. So, uh, so Kellen's eating those, and yeah, I'm jumping gross, back but... in. I'm jumping because I'm fucking hyped up, bro. I don't give a fuck what Kellen can go, eat. Go, Kel- go, Kellen, go. Kellen could be eating a bowl of fucking shit, or Please. literally tacos with a bowl of instead of meat. Testicles. Um, dude, I'm Mild going back testicles. in because I'm so fucking pumped because this movie is so insane. So the way that I look at this movie is, you can't really look at it from like a logical standpoint of like, well, Art the Clown's a man and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, Art the Clown is a demon, okay? He's a and demon clown from hell. He is. He's he absolutely is. And the way that I look at these Terrifier films now is the same way that I look at Dario Argento films and the fact that there's really, like, not always super linear story aspects that make a whole lot of sense. It just is. When you watch a Dario Argento movie... You know that they're not really grounded in reality. They're kind of grounded in... They're fever dreams, man. Yeah, they're absolutely. They're fever dreams, and they're grounded in a reality that Dario Argento has created for you, the audience. And that's what Terrifier was to me. It was like, dude, for me watching this, when um, when there's the nightmare sequence where uh, our lead actress, uh, Justin, hit me with the name. Lauren Levera. And she plays... Sienna. There you go. Fuck yeah. That's why you're my fucking partner. There it is. So when talk about my balls a little bit. When uh when uh when (laughs) when when Sienna is is having the nightmare and she dreams of him, dude, that is the whole reason in my mind that Art the Clown starts stalking her and her brother because he saw her in the dream, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the real world, but like when she has the nightmare about him, he's really there in her dream. And he hyper fixates on her and is like, she is my target. And then the rest of the movie, he's stalking her because she pretty much conjured him up in her own nightmares. And I fucking love that. 
I love that. And I think a lot of horror fans, they'll look at it and be like, well, I don't get that. Well, that's just the way that it is. That's that's what happened. That's why he's fixated on her. She had a nightmare about him, and it literally conjured him to her. And I think that's fucking awesome. And the practical effects are out of this world in this movie. Like, And I understand why people are vomiting, because that shit looks pretty much what I feel like it would look hey, like if Jeremy, that shit Jeremy, tomorrow really night for dinner, do you want some mashed potatoes? Do you want any mashed potatoes for your dinner tomorrow night? I'll give Dude. you some mashed potatoes. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the kills in this movie. But <laughs> yeah, also, we'll get to you the kills. Forget, you can't forget the fact that her dad drew that sketch of her. Exactly. Too. I mean, that whole so that book that... Been. Yeah, I mean, the whole book that Jonathan finds and he's been looking at, and that's the whole you know premise of the movie is that this young boy... Mm-hmm. has been obsessed with Art the Clown and serial killers. And what I love about this whole thing is that the kid's a metalhead. He's got a Carnifex poster on his wall. He's got a King Diamond poster on his wall. He's got an old-school Marilyn Manson poster. I'm sure not that many people notice that, but it's a vintage retro Marilyn Manson poster on his wall. And he had everything to do with that because he's a metalhead, and he picked all of the stuff for his own character's room. And I know you want to come in on this, Kellen, because you know about this, but he was handpicked. He wanted to be in this movie so bad that he begged Damien to be in yeah. it because he had his own YouTube channel. He has his own music that he does, and he's fucking fantastic in the movie. He's like this audience surrogate that we have because as a horror fan, we're usually metalheads, right? Or we like punk or like something rough, right? You know? Yeah. And he he's the perfect, you know, gateway into this whole thing and i think this is why the movie is going to resonate with more than one audience in terms of age frame i'm almost 40 right me and jeremy are on the same age kellen you're like what your mid-20s or something early 20s 26 almost 27 yeah so but when i went to the theater last night i saw kids and this made me so happy to say this that they were there they're like 12 and 13 i'm like you shouldn't be here but yes you fucking should because yeah in the 80s you knew who those movies were made for. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, the Halloween series, Hellraiser. All of them were made for, hey, get in if you can. We're making these movies for you. Yeah. And and seeing that audience there, this is their audience surrogate right here with Jonathan. And But I have to say this right now from the get-go. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a top-tier performance here. We have a top-tier final girl. We have a top-tier... This is something we have not seen in a slasher girl in a movie in forever. Yes, Sienna Shaw, Lauren Levera, one for the fucking ages. She absolutely slays in this fucking movie. She's my favorite thing about this movie. And this is where the comparisons between the first film and this film are going to happen. I liked the first film a lot, and I felt like the performances were of what that movie expected or they were necessary for. But here, Lauren Levera really gives a down-to-earth, realistic performance as her character. And we have this hero to champion. And I'm not sure if, if Damien had this idea on his own or if the entire Terrifier 2 team was around him and they worked on this a lot. I, I feel like, you know, film was a collaborative effort. It's not one singular vision usually, Unless you're like, you know, Stanley Kubrick or whatever, but it's it, it, it felt like it felt like to me that this was something that was purposely done and 
I can't say enough how happy I am because we only get these performances in these characters. Like it's, it's very few and far between. And I, I, will, tell right, around, I, I, I will tell you right. I will tell you right now yeah. that had they not handled her character that way and made that specific character, I probably would have just walked away like how I walked away with the first film. But Sienna and that character and how it was built and her performance and even just the design of the character, it was so comic book. And again, I'm throwing it back to some Argento shit, you know, getting towards the finale of the film. There's things that happen with her where, you know, there's some healing and there's some different things involving a sword and things that you're like, if you look at them, you could go, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, in that world, it does. And that's why I keep calling it back to Argento shit. And that's what it reminded me of. But if this film did not have that character done the way that it was done with that design, with that performance, I would have been fair weather on this. But because of all of those things, man, this fucking film is so unique and has done things that I have never seen in a horror film ever, ever. And I, I, man, it just felt like I, I don't know what I did to deserve this because as a horror fan, we sit through a lot of bullshit to find those gems and those diamonds in the rough. And when we find that, I can tell you, man, you, you, you just answered your own question, man. You know why you deserve this because you sat through a bunch of shit. We've been sitting here waiting for this. Yep. We've been waiting for this horror masterpiece. We, I feel like we deserve it, and that's not us being <laughs> self-servant or anything like that, but this is a movie that was made for us by someone that loves the same shit that we love. Tell me I'm wrong, right? Yeah, absolutely. And this, I mean, is, this is not only a great horror movie, but it's a fucking great indie horror movie. Yes. And this only has us rooting for the fucking indie horror filmmakers and the whole resurgence that's going on right now. And it's it's really sick that they made something for that little of a budget that is like literally gotten pushed how many weeks now? Three or four weeks straight into AMC theaters. That's just that's unfucking believable. The production and, and, value and yeah. the locations. It, it looks amazing. Fuck me. It, it's a real movie, and I was going to throw this to you next, Kellen. I was just going to ask your opinion on this. I mean, yes, this is an indie movie, but it looks like a big movie. The, it the, does. the production and the locations and stuff. And this was a mistake that I made, and I want to make this clear and present on this episode. I'll never forget seeing the original Terrifier <laughs> and me saying that, oh, man, I wonder what this could look like or what they could do with it if Blum at the time mind you it was before the 2018 halloween a lot of stuff mm-hmm. with blumhouse got their hands on it or you know fill in the blank got their hands on it They're fucking sucked and well we don't know we don't know but i mean to be fair the point was what would this look like with a bigger budget what would this look like if someone behind this thing could you know fund it you know like the way they did in the 80s where you'd, it, get, a, you'd get a producer who was like here's five million it's a different world now right but what i was going to say is and i'm sure you'll agree Damien said no. Yeah. We don't know what offers he got. I mean, we haven't had him on the show or anything like that. He's not said anything in interviews. I'm sure there were offers. Lots of them. Because this icon that they've created is so massive. But what he did was, and I remember him saying in an interview, I want to do it the way I want to do it. And he did that. And look what he fucking accomplished by doing that. It looks big. It looks like a big movie. Like, this movie for me at least, reminded me of so many 
of the most iconic 80s horror movies, but even beyond that, you know, you, you know, The Fun House by Toby Hooper was one of them for sure. Clearly the Halloween films, Friday the 13th as well. Um, but what he did here was make what he wanted on his own terms. And this is where we have to celebrate the most as fans, as critics, as people that just sit around on the couch and watch these movies. That's why it's so fucking special, because what this guy achieved is a miracle. Jeremy, you know this. You know how hard it was for the Hatchet movies to be made. Yeah. When, they, th- when those were made, you mm-hmm. know, when these movies get made, it, it takes a lot of funding. It takes a lot of people to, you know, hold you up and support you. And half the time, the movies don't ever get, you know, the light shined on them that they deserve. And this movie's this is proof that horror fans will come out if you give them something. It's that whole thing, you know, if, if, if you build it, they will come. And it's fucking happening right now. I kind of liken well, Damien Leone to Don Coscarelli in this current moment because Don Coscarelli was somebody that was always very protective over the tall man and over his Phantasm franchise, and he never sold the rights off because he didn't want a studio. You know, he made a studio film within the Phanta- uh, Phantasm franchise, but he never sold the rights off. You know, he never sold the rights to the name or to the characters. You know, it was it was a partnership when he made the Universal uh, Phantasm two, so that's kind of how I'm 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 looking at Damien Leone right now. He's fucking smart, man, because now you know, just like Wes Craven when when he struck up the deal in partnership with New Line Cinema, he instantly sold the rights to Freddy Krueger for the instantaneous cash, and he didn't know what he had. He didn't know the response the film was going to get, and I love that Damien Leone has the rights to Terrifier, and now Art the Clown is becoming the next big horror icon. Uh, some would argue that he already is a horror icon. I say he's, he's on his way, um, and, and I champion him very much, but Damien is very smart because he's he's got this thing that he has created, and he still has complete ownership and control over it, and I think that is a fucking beautiful thing. And when somebody that is that talented like Damien Leone has complete creative control and can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. That's when we get a film like Terrifier too. I think he made the right call by keeping the ball in his court because the film could have been so much more like polished. The kills would have been so much less brutal had it been like a studio production and there would have been way too many chefs in the kitchen calling the shots and saying, you know, you can't do this. You can't go this far. You know, you have to cast these people. You can't get these no name actors. And the fact that he was able to pull this all together and now make fucking 10 times the budget. I mean, he's, you know, spit into their face. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, for sure. And, and and I gotta come out here and say, as a big Halloween guy, not Halloween franchise, but the holiday. Mm-hmm. This movie feels more Halloween than anything else I've seen this season. I mean... Or the last four our, seasons. <laughs> I mean, we see Art the Clown trick-or-treating. We see Art the Clown at Abracadabra in New York City, a Halloween store which I 100% need to go to. We see these kids dealing with you know, they're going to high school and middle school on Halloween day and, and stuff that it's like, man, this is the shit we want to see in Halloween movies. And for it to feel slightly retro, but yet it's okay if they have their phones in their hands because you're, you're doing a good job of balancing the two things. That's the issue I feel like so many filmmakers aren't able to achieve where it's like, yeah, we have to have phones 
because the, the yeah. new age won't accept it if they don't. But if, if, if you do a movie when you have these locations, like the high school, it looked like straight out of 1979, man. It, it was mm. beautiful. And we had the houses and the neighborhoods and the bar, which I definitely plan to go find and get the most wasted I've ever been my entire life. Yeah. Where they yeah. do the Halloween party? Um, don't get don't get mollied, uh, yeah. dude. That won't touch me. Are you serious? <laughs> I am frozen. Dude, that's, that, it will not touch that's one me. Of, that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. Is when she, she's telling her she mollied her. I mean, that girl is so fucking funny. And that's the other thing I was gonna say. We have this core group of these three girls and it harkens back to the original Halloween. And it's been a long time since I've seen a core group of characters that felt this real and you know they care about sienna they feel all connected like they're all trying to do the same thing on halloween night instead of babysitting like the original halloween they're all going to go out to this party apparently kellen correct me if i'm wrong this bar slash club in the middle of nowhere that will serve underage kids and get them. oh yeah (laughs) yo yo real quick speaking of that fucking scene this old actress that used to be in one of my films, or actually several of my films, I think, back in the day, is in that scene, the party scene, and she is the oldest extra in the scene. How old? Everybody else, How you're, everybody you're else, saying that word "old"? How fucking bro, old, Kellen? How fucking old? Bro, he's like, he's like your every, age, Justin. Everybody else is like twenty or maybe thirty. She's like sixty. Okay. And if you watch mind, it again, you, you will see this older lady dancing around, and it is the fucking funniest thing ever. She's the only one. <laughs> this this movie she sticks out like a store thumb that's, that's dude it's funny. so great this movie was she's cool was crowdfunded a little bit wasn't it oh yeah dude that's what i'm saying they they did it on was it was it indiegogo okay they made 250 i guess and uh yeah i think i think that's what it was nice yeah it's it was way more than they expected i think he wanted like 50 damn i think that's what it was i think he wanted fifty thousand dollars and they made like 240 on the initial Indiegogo. So it's funny when when I was watching the film, uh, when they had the school scene that that Justin was talking about, that said it looked like it was straight up out of like a seventies school. Um, yeah, one of the kids that was behind the dumpster that was like poking the fucking possum or whatever the animal was, um, uh-huh. looked so familiar to me, and I was like, "Where do I know this fucking kid from?" And the moment that oh, is he from Psycho Gorman? No, dude. The, the so it was uh, the kid with the longer hair. And okay, he was okay. so familiar to me, and I got once I got out of the theater, it was driving me nuts. I I instantly IMDb'd who was this this kid that was in the in the school scene, dude. It's Ralph Macchio's character, uh, Daniel Larusso from Cobra Kai's son. In that no in that scene, way. fucking way. Yes, are you what? serious? Yeah, I yeah. Know that. What? So his his character son and 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 Cobra Kai. Yeah. So. I was watching and I was like, dude, this kid looks so familiar. And I'm like, oh shit, that's because he plays Daniel LaRusso's son in Cobra Kai on Netflix. So, you know, I wonder if he's like a local actor to that area um, and got his break on Cobra Kai. But yeah, he was he was in that scene. So I was like, all right. So I'm sure there's other people that were like, I recognize him. So that's that's dude, what I, he's from. I love to see all these New York, New Jersey actors getting getting their their parts. Melissa really cool Rose, huh? But yeah, she had like a 10 second cameo. Dude, Tamara <laughs> Glenn hadn't even like from Halloween five in the shopping one mother at Abracadabra. I mean, 
but I commented on her Facebook when she posted about it. I was like, "Great to see you." Yeah. You know, as the mother walking up, and she, great she's to see you. You have to say great it in Arnold you. voice. Nice to see you. Oh. <laughs> she like peeks her head through the window. I love it. Yeah. No, it's great, and no, I'm I'm definitely gonna definitely have to visit that fucking store. But we have to get to the, the three core characters because at least the girls because. Those kills, those fucking kills, which we have to at least rate or do whatever we're going to do, our favorite kills at the end of this episode. But, I mean, guys, (laughs) as soon as they split from Sienna, like, I have to get this candy, I have to go home, my mom. Mm -hmm. And the mom is another thing. Holy fucking shit, dude. Sarah Voigt as Barbara Shaw, Sienna and Jonathan's mother, the the, the most realistic mother in terms of cinema history, like in terms of a horror movie. She's telling them that they're fucking wrong. They're fucking up, and they're she's yelling Dude, at him. She and hates shit. that kid. But I'm like, <laughs> she I'm like, fucking hates Elliot's character. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, dude, this is this is what it was like in the '90s. All you, all you fucking kids today, you're all crying about your phones not working. Try having a mom that tells you you're a fuck up and go to your room and you can't get Halloween candy, dude. You're not <laughs> dude, going out, she, dude. She... You're fucked. She fucking hates Jonathan. She's well, like always yelling at him I think for being late for school. I don't know if she hates him, dude. She was like, she, she, dude, on Halloween night, she's like, you can come down and eat candy and watch a movie. It's be, it's because she doesn't yeah. she doesn't understand him, and I feel like she has difficulty uh, relating to him and connecting with him. So that comes out as frustration towards him. Um, to me, yeah. it felt kind of realistic, honestly. It was very realistic. Yeah. It felt like like that's what I was saying. The most realistic portrayal of like a, a real mom who's trying to support an entire family and especially in that fucking house. Okay, let's just say this right now. No matter where you live, that house, it's massive. Okay. It's it's big. big. That that's like yeah. at least a four hundred thousand dollar house. Okay. What's if her job? More. I want to know what the fuck her job is. I know what is. her job is. I know what her job is because I used to do it, Kellen. It's an insurance agent. What was it? It's an insurance agent Ooh. from home, and it's the exact job I used to do. I was an insurance agent from home for one year, and it did not last. But I was an insurance agent from a call center for three years and did very well at it. That's why she's saying the same shit that I used to say. Sorry, ma'am. Um, I can't talk about the policy without your husband on the phone. So someone, including Damien or someone that helped you know, create this character, knew about <laughs> what that fucking job was because that's the same shit we used to, especially if they're in New Jersey or New York. Because uh, I'm still a licensed insurance agent after all these fucking years, I'm not even lying. I still am. You can't you can't talk about the policy with anyone else but the named insured. That's what it says on the policy, uh, named insured. So you'd be like, I can tell you these hysterical. things. That's why it's funny. Like I can tell you that it's still active, but it, that I can't ma'am? talk to you. <laughs> Sorry, ma'am. But yeah, I I I, I had the feeling that um they were trying to mirror like covid in a weird way even though we didn't see masks or anything like that like the you know the modern mother or parent working from home what i was gonna say is the interior of that house they were shooting was very retro and very cool the outside is like this is basically a small mansion in new jersey so they 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 didn't connect with one another at all but do you you make enough being an do you, do you make enough being an insurance agent to afford that mansion, though? That, that's what I'm trying to figure out. No. But you have to remember the answer that, to that is no. But you have to remember that the husband died, and we don't know what his life insurance policy was, X, Y, Z. So they could have got a fat I, 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 I think I know. I think I know what he's doing right now, though, during the, 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 you know, the occurrences of this movie. I think we know what he's doing. He's got a white face. 
He's killing people. That's my perspective on the movie. I don't know what you guys think, but we can get to that in a little bit. I just, I have this strong, weird feeling that the stuff in the book is this weird, deep connection. Why did he draw this character that Sienna's portraying, that she's built up over this past couple months, where she had this bad relationship with her father? The mother says he wasn't in his own mind. He didn't know where he was. Jonathan's obsessed with serial killers. I feel like people have said on the internet, Damien Leone's too smart to to do that, but there's got to be this connection, right? I mean, they're trying to connect all the dots. Kellen, what do you think about that with the journal, the the drawings and all that stuff? Is it hinting hinting it's, yeah, they, they definitely don't want you to know until the next movie. So they definitely left some plot holes for you to figure it out, but I don't know. I definitely think there's a connection with the father. I just don't know what, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's he, the the images in his notebook are literally of these people as they were dead. So how would he have seen them otherwise? You know, there, there's a lot yeah. that leaves a lot to be seen. There's a lot of mystery, which from my perspective added a lot of great elements of like, what the fuck, dude? Like I'm sitting back like, holy shit, there's so much more to this than what meets the eye. And it got me a lot more excited about it, like because it shows that they're trying to build this larger world with these characters. Mm-hmm. definitely excited to see what they do next with this and and you're absolutely right the whole time that i was watching this i was like oh shit uh sienna's father has become art the clown like he the reason there's an art the clown sketch is because he created art the clown he designed that character literally in his in his notebook by drawing him and he created you know sienna's character and you know could that be a situation that they set that up to make you think that and it's going to be a curveball? Very possible. But it could also be, a, you know, an Empire Strikes Back moment where, you know, in the next film, it's, you know. Is Art going to speak? Is he actually going to speak with his mouth? He's like a fucking mime in this movie, man. Yeah. He's a mime. And then, I mean, dude, she, the mother tears apart this whole book and, like, rips it apart. Yeah. It's one of my favorite bitch. parts of the whole movie. You're such a bitch. And then she You're s- such a bitch. She smacks that motherfucker. She smacks him so fucking hard. I'm that like, was real. Dude. Th- dude, dude. And, then he, and then he fucking runs down the street for like 30 minutes straight. I love it. What I love about that, though, is like that's the same kind of slap. And my, my parents already know. Like I talk about this stuff on the show. That's the kind of slap my dad would have given me back in the day in the 90s or my really? mom. For sure. Yeah, right across the face. Like fucking full dude. hand. Bam. My parents would chase me around the house with a fucking belt, but they never caught me. <laughs> Well, you look like a swarmy motherfucker. Like you would be able to jump out the window in two fucking seconds. Oh yeah, man. so I, I get away. Like, <laughs> Callum's gone. My uh, my grandma chased me with a fucking wooden spatula one time. She did not catch <laughs> me. I am too quick for all her old bones. <laughs> not now, man. If she was still alive, she'll come up from the grave and whoop your ass. I'm no, sure. she's she's alive still. And I still tell her. I was like, man. Oh well, my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to be so insensitive. No. Holy shit. I said uh, <laughs> I said what, well, you know, even recently I was like you you tried to get me with that wooden spatula that one time. And I said what would have happened if uh if you would have got me? She said you wouldn't have liked to have found out. So, I'm glad well, she didn't I'll, get I'll me. Like, I'll like to have Let's found show out. your grandmama the movie. Dude, Tell your grandma oh that God. your your co-host on your podcast will pay her a good likely sum to watch you get your ass beat with a wooden spoon. Dude, my <laughs> My, uh, so she's my, my I'm going to go off on a grandma tangent now. Dude, she's like super, super religious. You said, oh, show your grandmother the film. Dude, 
that uh, she'd be like, "Well, we're going to we're, you watch stuff going like this. Church. We're going Honey, to church. We're going to church. Yeah, we're going to church right <laughs> now. Get get the get the funnel, get like the beer bong, holy water down his throat. There's something wrong with him. Apparently, she doesn't Imagine. know you very well." Or has never gone into your collection dude, area. No, she, like, she she He has demons all over his basement. Dude, I say demons. When when she uh yeah. when she checks out my uh my man cave, she literally it's just a whole bunch of head shaking. Just mm. hmm. Yo, imagine in like Terrifier three, there's like a church procession going on, and then fucking Art the Clown comes out dressed like a fucking priest, and then he kills everybody in the church. Oh my That'd god. You need to tell Damien about that. That sounds like the coolest That's fucking crazy. thing. And I keep thinking, for whatever reason, since I watched it for like the third or fourth time last week, I was like, "How cool would it be if he killed like a mall Santa Claus?" Mm-hmm. Or they had like a fucking. I, I like, gotta say, by the way, Kellen, I champion you for seeing this so many times, but you must have a lot of free time to be able to see this shit in theaters. Did you saw it four times in theaters. Mostly late though, I because I was still working all week, but I would see like. The well, late you're in ones, LA, like so were a lot of LA theaters showing it. Just at like ten thirty, yeah, yeah, like the one right in my my neighborhood in Burbank here. Did you see a lot it. of lively audiences while you were there? Yeah, some of them were like completely packed. Like I think one of them was at least like sold out pretty much. And yeah, people were just screaming because, the whole time. Dude, I I wanted to just say this on the air. I mean, I work for Alamo Draft House, and I saw it the first night that it screened at Alamo, and it was mm-hmm. I think like sixty percent full. And our yeah. boy Louis Sauce. I talked to on the phone earlier said that last week it was like 80 people in the theater for Alamo yeah, draft house in, in, in one Loudon where it's like so hard to get people to come out for horror movies. This is how you guys know that something is hitting a nerve, that something is connecting, that people are really wanting to see something, whether it's like, you know, the hoopla from the news articles or whatever it may be. Or just the whole fans that are like, we have to come out and support this. I did see a whole bunch of juggalos last night, in which I I, I, <laughs> I, I I've been a part of, and, and I have been you know a part of that community for a long time. So, but I did see a lot of people like, this is my fucking movie, a killer clown. Are you fucking serious? Like it was like they made right. they made the perfect movie for them, but um, it just it's it's so crazy to see this, and uh, I mean, we're sitting here as horror fans slash I mean you t- guys have made movies and stuff like that so it's different for you two um yeah. but we're championing this thing right yeah and it's killing the world and what it's really doing is opening up this this small little thing and, and tearing it apart and saying come into this this is this mm-hmm. territory where you can come into it, it's fine like you can come and walk into this and be a part of it and I love that. This is opening up the door for more and more people to be involved with this kind of horror. And the audience that I was with last night, they were just laughing and shrieking and all of those same reactions that we would always hear about when we were kids. Like, oh, man, you didn't see Friday the 13th Part 4 in theaters back in New York City on this day or whatever. And, and, and this is the same kind of reaction people are having this is a renaissance for this type of movie. And I, I don't know what else to say about it other than that. Like, this is where we should be right now. Dude, this year's the moment been I great. left this, this year's movie. been great. But go ahead, Kellen. Go ahead. I was just saying, the moment I left this movie, I was like, fuck, I want to go 
right not not home i want to go right to a movie set and just start working like that i it made immediately it inspired you right flip, flip the switch like fuck i want to get my friends together i want to make a horror movie now like and I, it's been years for me like i said make sure to this, cast I me as the killer like, please seven fucking i'll, I'll, years, I'll cut my own head off on, on on set for real just for realism. i got you we need more dicks getting cut off like in this one i'll cut my dick off there it is but we'll do multiple i'll get a prosthetic dude the wife already said it we'll was a, most... I was two inches too small so she said get a prosthetic so i'm like i'll cut my own off i'll get a prosthetic yeah. as long as i can feel the end of it the tip of it then you know <laughs> let's the, do a horror movie the shirt with <laughs> he's wearing just i apologize the actor's name um, he followed me on Instagram or Epic Film Guys Brain Stew on Instagram. The just the tip shirt. I laugh so fucking hard at that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm so fucking that. hard at that. I'm like, dude, you must be like 14 fucking inches or some shit, bro. Jesus yeah. Christ. Dude, we should make a horror movie where the serial killer just runs around chopping dicks off, and that's like the way he gets off. Dude, I thought that he was going to take the dick and put it in somebody's mouth after it got chopped off. In that scene. Yeah, I thought there it would be a little like bit more. It looked like it when he, when she, when yeah, he smashed the window and stuff. I was like, oh shit, dude. But that, that he should have, yeah, that scene though. He should have stabbed it on like the fucking like antenna, and then it would oh just be God. like on the antenna, right, riding down the street. It's <laughs> it's so weird to think about. Like they, they held back on showing penis. I mean, we saw side boob in the movie. We saw the most gory yeah. shit ever. Right. Uh-huh. No full nudity. I wonder. I wonder if that was a if that yeah, was no, a no. body double or if that was like actually the actress's side boob. I will find out oh, I... from Lauren next week. You're gonna or ask two her two weeks from we now. I will ask her. Of course, I will. We didn't get any of a JJ this time. Yeah. We have to ask though. I mean, it it, it looked slightly different, but I assume maybe it was. I mean, there was no dick double for that dude that got his dick sliced off because, yeah. yeah, for sure. But, I mean. Yo, can. Oh, shit. You just, like, froze for a second. All good. Hold on. 53. Uh, three. Hold on. All right. I'll count it down. You can come back in. Five, four, three, two. We should definitely mention Paul Wiley's amazing soundtrack. That shit bops. Very punishing soundtrack. Very, very dreary, very dreamy. Mm. It's wonderful. It's fucking better than John Carpenter's Halloween End soundtrack score. I'll tell you that right now. I've been listening to it all week I don't even long. remember that. When you said, when I, you I, said it's better I, than John Carpenter's Halloween when those words came out of your mouth, my butthole puckered. But then you followed it up with the word. <laughs> but then you followed it up with the word ends, and then I was like, okay, I can relax. Now. Ends, Jeremy. Ends. And fucking thank God it pop. did. Am I right? <laughs> thank God. No shit, dude. dude so, wait, so, I mean, I found out today that guy's in like Marilyn Manson. Yeah, he, he is. He's, he's in Marilyn cool. Manson. Yeah, dude. For sure, he is. Yeah, yeah. since like 2014 or something. Yep. Great score, fantastic score. It 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 feels like Marilyn Manson, rightly so, yeah. considering that. I mean, you know, I'm a huge Manson fan. You can say what you want about the documentary and about his, you know, <laughs> whatever his stuff he does on the side. But in terms of performer and his music and stuff, crazy. Um, yeah. But no, it feels like Marilyn Manson, and of course, the character of Arthur Clown is clearly 
one hundred percent influenced by Marilyn Manson. I mean, the teeth with the dental thing on it, like, yeah, it is. But great score, one hundred percent. The end scene of this movie we have to talk about before we finish in with our final thoughts and our ratings. If it's tragic or treasure it. The fact that they were able to get their hands on an actual carnival slash amusement park for the end of this movie is such an amazing climax. And visually, it's so gorgeous to look at. It's like a great haunt in New Jersey. Um, I apologize. I did not find the name of it right off the top of my head. I know that that guy is a producer that owns that haunt on the movie. He's a producer on the movie. Um and I 100% plan to visit that haunt as well. But it was so cool to me. And just recently rewatching Toby Hooper's, you know, The Fun House, it harkened back to that feeling of like, what would it be like to be stalked and be scared by yourself? And this atmosphere that we're led to believe is like safe, even though it's scary. And. Sienna, this hardcore, badass fucking final girl. She is the hero. She's, I dare say, even more badass than fucking Laurie Strode in this movie. She's even more badass than Sidney Prescott because she's, she's fighter, wearing man. the... She's a fighter. She's hard fucking core, man. She's she's dealing with shit at home. She's dealing with her brother. She's trying to help raise at the same time with her mom. And we know that she's having daddy issues, rightly so because her dad killed himself he drank a bottle of fucking whiskey killed himself and she's still this powerhouse and trying to like enjoy herself and live a normal life that's where i love this movie the most because it makes a relatable character and it makes him feel real like sienna's a real character and and also lauren lavera are you fucking kidding me amazing actor but they're making you wear this outfit with these wings and these like this tight ass fucking like superhero outfit and you're still able to achieve your performance every fucking scene fight scene after fight scene with art the clown it's brutal you're beating the fucking shit out of each other and you're trying to save your brother i mean guys tell me this shit is not the most insane shit you've ever seen Again, I'll reiterate, it's what made me fall in love with the movie was was that character, that performance, that character design, everything. And I think horror horror fans all over have fallen in love with that character. And it Sienna truly made this movie special. You know, Art the Clown brought the chaos and brought the carnage, while Sienna brought something beautiful and such a fight in her character and almost like a comic book character and hero come to life, you know, that she ran towards the fire to save her brother. You know, she sacrificed herself like so many heroes in comic books that, that we've read and we've seen on the big screen. You know, she ran towards this menacing demonic killer when other people would be running out and, Jesus Christ, it was just such... The the fact, the runtime, I'm not mad at the runtime. And nobody should be mad at the runtime because it truly took its time building this story, building this tension, building this dread with ridiculously disgusting kills along the way. So by the time that you're finally at the finale, you have been through everything with this character. 
you feel exhausted yeah. for her with her because you've been on this ride with her. So by the end of it, you're just rooting for her to kick this motherfucker's ass. And goddamn, what a finale. Dude, because, you know, sometimes there's movies that it's like, you know, I liked it, but the ending could have been a little bit better. You know, like Hellraiser that we watched recently. Like, it was cool. It stuck the landing mostly, but it was still, it wasn't an ending that made you go, holy fucking shit, that's what I'm talking about. This movie? <laughs> this that's what I'm talking about! Goddamn Billy Sue. <laughs> By the end of this movie, I was fucking fist pumping. I was excited. My adrenaline was pumping. I was on the edge of my seat. Kick this motherfucker's ass, sea bass. Let's go. And that's what we got, man. Kick it ass, sea bass. Bro, when, when she falls through the fucking floorboards and he just spits <laughs> on her. Well, don't don't forget, Kellen, she spits in his face first, and then he spits on her oh, again. And then I fucking love it, though. I love it, too. It's like that. That's where you get these two kind of characters where we, it, it's very rare, right? Where you get a Laurie yeah. Strode and a Michael Myers. Nancy anymore. and Freddie, man. And what, Nancy and Freddie. Nancy and Freddie. It's the same thing. But what we have here is the modern equivalent. 100 fucking percent. And that's why horror fans and normal moviegoers are connecting so much to this. Because we haven't had this much care put into these kinds of things in so long. Because no studios involved. As you said earlier, Kellen... They were able to do whatever they wanted with this. Yeah, these these two characters can exist in this world and really fucking battle to the death. And it's iconic. It's epic. It's fucking brutal. She has the sword her dad made her. And we don't know for sure, you know, at the end of this movie, what the connection is. We assume that we know. But she fucks his ass up. We know he's coming back for more. And what bothers me, and I'll make this very quick, is fans like, well, realistically, he wouldn't come back. I'm like, motherfucker, have you ever watched Jason Lives? Have you ever watched any of the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels? Have you ever watched Freddy Krueger? Chucky. Freddy Krueger. What about Chucky? What about Chucky? Hold on. I'm like, I'm like. Freddy Krueger literally came back to life in part three because a dog pissed fire. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's like <laughs> you don't need a great reason as long as it's entertaining to you as a viewer. Like, why do you give a fuck? This is not right. meant for this is not supposed to be on the Oscars list, even though I will say this right now. Lauren Vera, 100 percent. She's up there with Tony Collette from Hereditary. I would say even Jamie Lee Curtis with her performances, Laurie Strode and Lawrence Pugh, Midsummer. Yep, exactly. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Brilliant performances. Oh, yeah, I mean, we've also had, you know, men this year and some other performances we'd love to talk about in our end of your review. <laughs> but in terms of performances, but Lauren Levera is like a new, fresh, green up and comer. And she. Mia Goth. Yeah. Dude. Well, that's oh. my favorite performance of the year, for sure. Yeah. Pearl. Not X, but Pearl. Um, Pearl. Both great. But yes, we, we're in a renaissance here. This is where we are. This is where we're supposed to be. But this is where she needs to be championed. We need to get the word out. She did a brilliant fucking job. And this is what makes the movie. And that's where I'm going to lead this now to final thoughts. We have to get to your guys' favorite kill 
and Kellen, you're the guest, so it's on favorite? you, man. I, I, you, you've seen it four fucking times, man. You should know your favorite fucking kill by now, right? Well, I guess it's got to be everybody's favorite kill. It's that bedroom kill because that goes on for minutes, and there's so many different elements to it. They used a fucking animatronic that looked in fucking immaculate. It did. Um, it looked amazing. And then, he, and then he uses her fucking head to pass out <laughs> candy. Like, are you kidding me? Dude, people in the, the, the theater Dude. were laughing and cheering at that. I'm like, I know. I'm like this, this is this Dude. is the world that I want to live in where people are actually cheering <laughs> a, a head that is beheaded and it's a person that's dead Dude, and they're serving so candy from it. I love this so Dude, much. And that's that's one of my favorite aspects of these movies and arts character is the way David like laughs just when he's like, he's reacting to something and he just like looks at it and then just fucking belly laughs and just bends ass backward and laughs his ass off. I love that. Oh my God. I love that. And, uh, the mashed potato kill, of course. I mean, right, Jeremy, dude, I, that's, that's I would, just, I would say for me, my favorite kill, so uh, dude. There's so many. Like this movie is so creative and inventive in that department. But for me, my favorite kill is going to be a fan favorite that I feel like most people will agree with is the shotgun blown off face cut to next scene with mashed potatoes. Like, dude, I'm. Yeah. I mean, this whole episode's been a spoiler <laughs> thing, anyways. But you know, there's the scene where Art the Clown is in this car and our central character's mom goes out to the car and all of a sudden, you know, she wipes away the window (laughs) and he fucking blows her, like literally blows a hole in her face. Next, (laughs) next scene, he has propped, he's propped her up at the dinner table. Jonathan (laughs) comes home and like this movie's so fucked up. Jonathan comes home and sees his mom propped up at the dinner table. Her entire face has a <laughs> hole, a ginormous orifice where her face used to be because <laughs> the shotgun blew it out. And then Art the Clown shows up wearing it. a fucking kitchen apron Dude. and plops down, <laughs> plops down mashed potatoes on a plate, grabs a handful of it and shoves it in the hole in the orifice where her face used to be, where the shotgun blew it off. There's mashed potatoes yeah. with the the mush and the fucking blood. It was just dis- <laughs> he's just smashing that disgusting. shit in full hand, Jeremy, full Dude. hand, and it's real and pushing it in. Like I swear to God, it, it's that nerve that you have to hit. What other movie have we ever ever seen that in? Tell me, it was disgusting and amazing. Damien does not give a fuck. No, none. He went as hard I'm like, as he, I ain't I never could. eaten no mashed potatoes ever, honey. Don't ever make them again because I'm not going to eat them. Yep. I'd be fine if he did that kill in every single movie. Like slight variations, but I want to see him feed like to dead dead bodies again and get the reaction of the fucking other kid or whatever. Yep. It's awesome. Same. Same. I love the dick the dick getting pulled off kill. I love I love, uh, I love, how, I love how he's wearing the shirt cafe. with the, just the tip on it. And also, I have to say this as the biggest drunk on this podcast, because I know that I am. Jeremy, you know what I'm going to say. I want to be in that club right now. Okay. I want to get, they're talking about, let's get a shot of whiskey and a vodka or whatever. I'm like, oh, I need to be there right now. Yo, the <laughs> Clown Cafe 
The Clown Cafe Massacre. What's the song? What's the song, Kellen? Sing it. Clown Cafe. Clown Cafe. The girl that sang that song, she followed us on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Nice. Did she? I saw she did like a live performance on Instagram, I think, last yeah, week. Yeah, she's fucking yeah. awesome. Food is kind of like... funny. The food is kind of funny. Kind of funny. Kind of funny. Cafe. <laughs> yeah. Of course you can sing that. Justin, what's your favorite kill? My favorite kill. Well, it might have to be Sienna taking her father's blade that's razor sharp and cutting the head off our iconic villain at the end of the movie because it is that climactic. It is that amazing a moment for a film. And the movie deserves it. And that's where myself as a horror fan and myself as me pretending to be a film critic. Yeah, I'll say I'm pretending right now because I'm drunk. But what I'm saying is those two moments melded together. And I said, listen, this is where no other modern horror movie gets it right. Like Damien nailed it where you cut the head off the monster. We know the monster is probably coming back again. It's just like the Friday the 13th movies or the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. But it it means something to the story, and it means something to this character of overcoming everything that she's dealt with from the beginning. And that's why I love this as a character piece. I mean, Arthur Clown is iconic. He is the star of this. But make no mistake, Sienna is the centerpiece of this fucking movie. And that's why I love it so much is that they definitely took the time to write a better script, to make more of a quote unquote movie for all of us. And yeah, more cohesive movie and give us an actor with Lauren Leverett, who I cannot fucking wait to meet because she is so brilliant in this film. Um, Everything melded together under the perfect storm. And also, I'm just going to say this right now as the the massive old school synthwave fan that I am. Um, most of those scenes with her doing her shit with her costume, The Midnight, Laserhawk, all these old school synthwave artists that I've been friends with for years and years and years. And uh, I'm glad that they championed those artists as well. Um, I don't know if they licensed those songs or not, but <laughs> just, I, I, everything, I mean, it just all clicked for me so much so where I was like, this is my shit. And Jeremy, I knew that you would like it. I just didn't know where you were going to fall on it. I was like, the houses look old. You know, the kills are brutal. Yeah. Um, I really wanted you to like this one. because I, I know blown you away, went... dude. Yeah, blown away. Yeah. It, we, when we talked, we had like a conversation on the phone after you had seen it and stuff. And I was so hyped up after we talked, I couldn't sleep until like fucking five in the morning, man. Dude, I it's very rare that I watch a movie and instantaneously like... Typically with my collecting, I like to specifically collect from movies that I grew up loving. Um, I try not to venture out too much into the newer stuff. Psycho Gorman was one where as soon as I got done watching it, I was like, I, I actually want to collect a couple things. From yeah, that, I think I think I think between the two of us, that was our return to our relationship. That movie in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, I, I loved loved that movie. And then. Watching this, dude, instantaneously, I was like, man, 
I need to get a poster for this and get a couple autographs on it because this yeah. movie will be, you know, I feel like Art the Clown is potentially on track to to be a Freddy Krueger for the next generation of horror fans. I th- I think he is, and man, right? I mean, this this is the last like kind of thing that I'll say uh before we we go to final thoughts is this must have been what it felt like to be there at ground level when Friday the 13th came out, when Halloween came out, when a Nightmare on Elm Street came out. I don't think very many times um at least in slasher films have there been a movie that just blew people away and blew me away the way that this film is. And honestly, well, in our lifetime, yeah, and and honestly, lifetime. like, yeah, for sure, in, in our lifetime, um, this must have been what it felt like when audiences got to see Friday the Thirteenth or A Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween, because it's just something that you have to experience to understand what it is, and it's something that or Jason, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, maybe not that couldn't one. have said it better, man. <laughs> but what it's, you're explaining is perfect. Yeah, it's it's something that has taken the mainstream by storm and horror fans collectively by storm. And it's a phenomenon and it's something that you just have to experience. And all of us want to be a part of it because it's just so unique and it's so special. And I'm, I was happy that you told me about this movie and that I got to experience it on, on the big screen, because honestly that's the way that you want to see this movie is with an audience. So I'm beyond stoked and excited to have been a part of this this film, man. And I'm, I'm excited to see what comes next, uh, not only in this franchise, but from these filmmakers. I'm just happy you answered the phone. Or you called me. You called me, actually, I believe. Motherfucker, I will always answer the phone. You're the one that sucks at that shit. You're like, oh, I was at the gym. Yeah. I'm like, fuck a gym. Sorry, I'm pumping up my biceps. I'm just trying to look get like the pump. I'm sly. Come on, get out of the field. I got to get the pump. Also, half that time, I'm just looking at Kellen's post like, fuck him. I need to be as popular <laughs> and cool as him. But no, for real. I mean, I, the movie is extremely important to all of us. But Kellen, your final thoughts on this movie? Well, I just want to say there is one scene and one character we totally did not talk about and we should is the little girl that played the little pale girl. Which is, which is that sinister entity that helped to resurrect art, yes. So look at him being and, all uh, professional here and coming in with the massive blowout. Played by uh, Emily McLean, who also just signed with Sean Clark. She'll be at He talked about soon. that on our show yeah. last week, didn't he? Yeah. Did, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he yeah. must have, yeah. That's probably where I heard it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she was she was incredible, and she's very creepy, a very spitting image of one of Art's ancestors or whatever. Still, you the call most that. terrifying image I've seen in a fucking horror movie this year. And she I've watched was... Smile, I've watched everything. Dude, I mean, she was fucking so terrifying, fucking scary, dude. I mean that that image. Dude. I love that he like oh. reversed her teeth. Yeah, he he reversed the Crazy. teeth, and I mean, and and it's weird because yeah. my wife earlier, not to cut you off, Kellen, she put her her hair in a uh, side pony. And I was like, don't do that. <laughs> oh, Change that right now. She was like, why? I'm like, terrifier yeah. too. And then she smiled at me. I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Go yeah. in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that fucking laundromat scene is one of my favorite scenes of the Same. entire movie. And that, that was laugh out loud funny too. Just him fucking sitting there playing 
you know, whatever that game is with himself naked in the fucking laundromat. I loved it. Same. But yeah, I feel like I feel like the, these movies wouldn't be as strong without that comedy aspect, though. I feel like if it was just a dark movie, but it didn't have like art, silly humor on the side, it wouldn't be as strong. I think that adds it, so it much. Does. And, and, you know, we, we've given Lauren Levera like so much prop and props, but uh, David Thornton, man, Jesus Christ. I'm, He's there, a there's a reason that Art the Clown is becoming a horror icon because he brings so much to this character and brings the character... He's not just a guy in clown makeup doing fucked up shit. His performance without saying a lick of dialogue is terrifying, hilarious. Yeah. Like you creepy, said Kellen, before menacing. the show, he's he's a mime, dude. Like he's performing as a fucking mime this entire movie as he did the yeah. first movie and you have to connect to this character all based on his eyes. And his movements yeah. and his hands. And that's something we don't see in cinema anymore. And I know you, not Jeremy, you, Kellen, have studied film. Mm-hmm. You know old film in terms of like that old mm-hmm. way of movement. Yeah. And he nails it. It's like it's perfection. Like he I know that David has been an old school film lover and he portrays this character Clearly, we know he was a Joker cosplayer way before this. Yeah, <laughs> he was. But I, I, I was following him. I didn't even know this. So that's how we connected. I was like, you know, because I'm a huge Joker yeah. guy. Um, that's how we connected. I didn't even know he was Art the Clown or anything. But he's found his niche and he has found his character. And this is a collaboration of all these different people. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the movie as we close this out, that you need to see this Halloween season. If Brain Stew recommends anything to you that you can see in theaters right now, it is this movie, Terrifier fucking 2. If you can't see it in theaters, Callan had said earlier, you can see it on Screenbox on Halloween. See it. Watch it. This is the movie to watch. Don't watch Halloween Ends. And if you don't if you don't see it with a crowd in the theater, which you should, that should be number one on your to do exactly. list this week. Listen to this fucking kid. See it in the theater with an audience. Bring all your friends. If for whatever reason you can't see it this week, get a bunch of people to come over to your house and have a huge party and watch it there. But you need you can't watch this kind of movie alone. You can, but like not on the first you might, viewing. You, you might need, viewing you might need some liquid courage because it is fucking terrifying. I recall last yeah. night. And I was totally sober in my second viewing. A girl behind me screaming at one of the kills. Really? Shrieking behind me. And then afterward laughing. And I literally was like, oh, man, this is this is it. Same person? <laughs> this is it. Like, this Love is where it. we should be in the horror community. It's so exciting, guys. Thank you so, so much for listening. And thank you for listening to this episode of Terrifier 2 with our good friend Kellen from Kellen's Pet Petty Talk Show. Kellen, if they're uninitiated, if they've never heard of you on the show, even though they have. So we're all just treasuring this, right? We're all find you on social media and your podcast. So we're all just treasuring this, right? Hold on. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Okay. (laughs) No, hold on. Uh, Let him let him (laughs) plug his show. Let him plug his show. Uh, it's uh, it's called Kellen's Petty Talk Show, and I haven't released an episode in a month because every motherfucker that I try to get on this thing backs out 
or doesn't reach back out to set a time. So the last couple people, you suck. You didn't, you didn't do the episode. So, so I'm hoping to get some new guests on here soon. I asked the producer of Terrifier and Terrifier 2, or I don't know if he did the first one. He did the second one, uh, Steve. And hopefully he'll do it. We'll see. But I have a couple other ones in the works. And, you know, Jeremy's going to come on again, hopefully Justin, and we will do some new episodes. When I get an invite, a lot, I'll, a lot of movie I'll talk. come on anytime you want, man. Anytime you want. But I, I was actually planning on inviting you. Now Jeremy is the time. Treasure. The you ready? Treasure. 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 <laughs> treasure. Treasure, treasure, Justin. Treasure. I mean, I have this sound effect where it's like... I know where we're at, though. We're all treasuring this thing, right? Man, I don't... What What else came close to this this year? Let's just go real quick. Like, X was nope. great. X was amazing. Was I, I loved Pearl. I nope. loved a lot of movies this year, but... I thought, I thought you were like... No, nope Jordan Peele's like no. Nope. Of... <laughs> nope is great, too, as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, but for me... I thought that was fine. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. For me, it's definitely... This is a... Yes, I'm treasuring. Treasuring so hard, I'm going to rub the fucking cover, that fucking Blu-ray cover all over my dick and make it raw. I'm going to treasure this so hard, I'm going to have Art rip my dick off. Yeah! I want him to do the same thing he did. I'm going to wear the same shirt, but it's going to make it look like I have a bigger dick, though. Not just the tip. I'll say halfway... It'll look bigger on the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy. Yo. <laughs> Jeremy, I want to hear from you. Say <laughs> I already told you. I already told you. Treasure. Keep treasure. going. Keep treasure. going. Keep going. Dude. Keep going. Treasure. This is our biggest episode of the season, man. This I, is our Halloween I, episode. We have to give them all treasure. they want. They, treasure, treasure, they treasure. want. They want you to. They want you to just, you know. Let's send David Gordon Green a copy of this Dude. movie and be like, this is what you could have done. I mean, do you think that somewhere out there, Adam Green is like, God damn it. Like, this is what should have <laughs> yeah. happened with Hatchet 2 if you wouldn't have fucking pulled it out of theaters. Yep. The fucking night it, it premiered. Like, dude, yeah, I would, I would, if I was Adam Green, I'd be pissed. Uh, but you should be, but at the same time, here's the celebrate horror. Though. Horror. Because when horror does well, more horror is greenlit. And studios fucking, you know, oh, give you a budget and they say, hey, this thing made money. Let's let's make more. So this Bro. is great for horror. Absolutely. And I love this goddamn movie. Um, it is long. But like I said earlier, uh, you feel like you're literally on this journey with these characters. And by the end of it, when it's over, it is so fucking gratifying. It's so satisfying. I... I loved this movie, man. I loved it. This this was this is what happens when there's no limitations. When somebody is given free range and they have a budget and they go, "Here's it's I'm going to I'm going to quote Nicolas Cage." Okay? So one time Nicolas Cage was being interviewed and the interviewer said, "Mr. Cage, sometimes people say that your your performances are over the top." What do you think about that? And he goes, well, you know, here's the thing is you can't decide where the top is. I 
decide where the top is, and then I decide oh, yes. whether the fuck I go over yes. it or not. But that is totally oh. my decision on whether I go over oh. the top because I decide where the top is and whether I go over it. That was his response. Remember in fuck. Remember in leaving Las Vegas, he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like I, I that's Dude. that's what I feel like Best this is. Ever. Yeah. That that's what I feel like this is. Is that uh, Damien Leone? Are, are are you are you automatically sounding like Nicolas Cage on purpose? Because you sound like him. I well now I'm hyped up. Like now I'm you. fucking hyped up. This movie is gets he... me hyped up. So Ooh. the thing is, is that Ooh. he when obviously when writing this movie was like, I want to do things that have never been done, and I want to go places with this that people feel like you shouldn't go. That people typically wouldn't go. I'm going to film a scene where I blow a kid's, a high school kid's mom's face out and then (laughs) fist fuck her fucking face orifice with mashed potatoes. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That, that is what we got. And it's, it, it feels like I I felt like I was watching a movie that like I shouldn't have been allowed to watch because that's how fucked up it was. You also felt like you were watching your own wet dream happen Dude, before you. It's <laughs> it's unbelievable. So like the chances that they took on this, and there's a reason that the studio got it into these theaters and stuff. They they believed in how different it was that it would connect with people, and you know they obviously took a chance on it. And goddamn, if it isn't paying off tenfold, man. I loved there it. There it dude. is. I loved there it. There it is. Cherish the fuck out is. of it. Oh shit, Kellen, our guest, just like side landed like he just hit a touchdown. Dude, I had to take a gallon of fucking size. Well you're this. well, was so I was good. gonna say you're not a Buffalo player because you would what? you'd have fallen off like halfway through. Damn. True. Just saying. I'm a I'm a New York dude myself too, so we're the same, but I was dodging equipment and shit while I dived over. That's but my no, bad. but we're we're we're, we're here. At final epic. thoughts. So we have to thank our friend Kellen from Kellen's Petty Talk Show for coming on this week again. Thank you guys for having me. I love doing this show. Oh, of Thanks, course, man. yeah. And um, we've heard some great stuff from our listeners that they love hearing you talk. So yeah, man, we'll have you on more than often. And this is probably the end of our hugest season in terms of the movies we talk about we had halloween ends which i'm pretty sure yeah we'll we'll be open to talk about again but probably not for a while it kind of hurts a little bit but this movie at least jeremy myself kellen we've championed this movie and we're super excited Uh, kellen you said you have david coming on your show soon again as well or I reached out again. I'm hoping in November if he's got some time, we'll see. He's actually coming here in December, so I might see if he can do it around that and just do like an in-person one, but we'll see. Awesome, right. dude. But I know he's busy. They're all very busy right now. This is the movie to see. If you're getting the opportunity and you're listening to this, this episode will be released the Thursday before Halloween. Go see Terrifier 2 in theaters. Do yourself a favor. This is the movie to see for the Halloween season. It takes place during Halloween. It captures the Halloween spirit perfectly. And we have an amazing performance by Lauren Levera as Sienna in this movie. And we have Arthur Clown, an iconic fucking horror icon. 
guys, I didn't tell you this. I had an, a huge tattoo artist reach out to me recently that wanted to tattoo Arthur Clown on my leg, and I was like, I just can't afford it. Um, it's probably happening in January. So yes, uh, yes, I, I told the wife. Yeah, no, it's like a huge. I said whatever you want to do with him. I'm like, as long as there's space underneath for Sienna. <laughs> Just saying, that's the final yeah. glory that we're after. You know, this is these are the movies that we're all about, and um, we're so excited about this, dude. Support our indie films. Support our indie filmmakers. Let's bring Hollywood to its fucking knees. Boom! It's time to shut Hollywood and the whole system down because. This is what it's all about. I'm sorry. Artist creating but, art, man. You know, this Artist is one of... creating don't art. Sorry. This is a clown. Don't be sorry. Colin, don't be sorry. Dude, we got we got like all these all these first time filmmakers this year. We got the, the first time director who did Smile. Smile was great, direct, man. First time Jimmy director. didn't see Smile. Barbarian. Jimmy didn't see Smile yet. You, I would, see yeah, no. you guys love Barbarian? That was another first timer. I love Barbarian I as well. Uh great movies. Damien's done a couple, but he's he's still doing it. Killing it. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, well, man. thanks for coming on the show. And uh, Justin, please tell our audience, if they don't already know <laughs> where they can find us, tell tell them where they can find us, Justin. You can find us on every single social media platform. Only fans. Uh, sorry, I just let myself get off. Let bit. me tell you what, brother. If you want to find the epic film guy, oh yeah, you just yeah. want to go on the internet and you want to slam yeah. your fingers on the keyboards until you type E F G biceps, triceps, pectorals. We are all over the internet at Epic Film Guys, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, literally every single pod class pod pod. Pod, pod, pod class, pod class, because we're bringing a little Clop. bit of class on the podcast. <laughs> until next time, podcast. until next time, I am Epic Film Guys, Jeremy. You can find me. My name is Kellen. I'm on Brazzers, Brazzers.com <laughs> slash Kellen, Kellen's Site Talk Show. Dating sites. I'm Justin, and until next time, we'd like to ask you to keep it... Creepy. Creepy. <laughs>